On this episode of My 7 Chakras, we talk about magic mushrooms. I talk with my friend about her experience with doing 11 journeys with this plant medicine. And I ask her a variety of questions about the fungi that has been known since ancient times to help people expand their awareness, rewire their brain, let go of limiting beliefs, and see things differently. I do have to mention that I interviewed her back in January of this year, 2021, and since then I have experienced this plant medicine in a ceremonial setting myself, and it was out of the world. I plan to record an episode about my experience sometime soon, but for some reason, I totally forgot about this interview that I did with my friend Marla when I had set the intention of experiencing magic mushrooms early in 2021. Then again, maybe I didn't forget. Maybe the universe wanted to delay the release of this episode to launch it right now in divine timing. Please note that this episode is made only for entertainment purposes and neither me nor Marla are making any dietary or lifestyle recommendations when it comes to plant medicine or magic mushrooms. Use your own intuition and do your own research because we are entering a brave new world. Enjoy. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience the joy of being alive. In today's episode, we explore the amazing topic of magical mushrooms for healing and transformation. Now, I do want to mention that mushrooms and other plant medicine are just tools for self-exploration, and I haven't experienced them yet. And so far, I'm loving the experiences that breathwork brings me. But one of my goals in 2021 is to sit down with a shaman with the right scene and, uh, you know, in the right setting, a ceremonial setting, uh, and experience it. Uh, because I want to see what is out there and what is in there, so to speak, uh, so that I can access that train and then go there through my breathwork. So if you like this topic and if you have heard about this topic, which is plant medicine or mushrooms, and you're eager to you know, listen to this episode, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your iPhone. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you're on YouTube, then hit the red subscribe button. All the links are in the show notes because subscribers help us reach new people. And so far, we've got 82% of you subscribed, but our goal is 90%. So if you're not subscribed yet, make sure that you smash that subscribe button right away. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Marla Martinson. Marla is a Los Angeles-based matchmaker, transformational life coach, energy healer, and a tarot reader. She's been using her intuitive skills to connect singles with their soulmates for two decades. And she also hosts a podcast, called the mystical matchmaker 
And her latest memoir, which we are going to speak about today, The Magical Seeker, humorously chronicles a year in her world as she balances her life as Cupid to muggle multimillionaires and her deep dive into the mystical, magical and the occult. So Marla, welcome to our show. Thanks, AJ. I'm so excited to be here with you. And what a cool platform. I love this live. And then we'll be on the podcast for iTunes. It's just like so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like one step away from uh, doing an in-person show, which would be the ideal scenario. Uh, But right now, especially in COVID, it's made it even more difficult. But I promise you, maybe one day we'll do an in-person session along with some breath work and some sauna, jacuzzi and some lunch or dinner. Oh, my God, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah, so I'm really excited about um, this episode because we're going to dive deep into your experiences. But usually, I like to start with the beginning. So in your case, where were you born and brought up? Seattle area, Tacoma, Washington. So I was not far from you. I just got back last night. I was up there for two weeks. I uh, So I was born in the Pacific Northwest. So I grew up with, you know, loving my favorite... uh, uh, month was October. I loved the autumn, the fall leaves, the rain, the the smell, the forests. So I grew up uh, spending a lot of time in the woods, building forts, climbing trees, catching pollywogs, uh, all of that. So very earth-based uh, ch- childhood. And then I took off uh, at 18 for Hollywood. <laughs> so I moved away at 18. Interesting. So before 18, what was your childhood like in Seattle? Uh, yeah, I grew up in a, in a, uh, we moved from, we were in Tacoma, then the capital Olympia. And then when I was about four years old, we moved to a place called Federal Way. So my dad could be closer to Seattle to, for his work. And so it was this new development. This was in the 1960s. It was very leave it to beaver. Uh, you know, uh, the families, wonderful families, uh, everybody was together and they all had kids and you knew every single I could tell you every house who lived there and we'd all know each other and the kids would play together and you could go out and ride your bikes. You could go out in the woods as long as you're home by the time the streetlights came on. You know, you'd hear everybody's mother calling, you know, Marla, Brett, you know, six o'clock dinner time. It was a different time back then. You could, you know, now you can't leave your child in the front yard unsupervised. You know, a lot of times it's a different, different world. So I, I really had a great childhood. You know, my parents, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. There was fresh baked cookies in the cookie jar. We got home from school. My dad worked at for the telephone company and in, in, in Seattle. And then, but then at sixteen, I had a big adventure and opened my horizons. My dad accepted a job in Tehran, Iran, and he worked for a communications company there. And I was so excited to be going to that big city. And at first, we stopped off in Amsterdam and uh, then went to Iran, and and it was an amazing experience, uh, just uh, absolutely amazing. The Shah was still there. So it was, so actually the, 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 um, the, uh, the, what do we call it? The official, the official suit was the Chanel suit. You know, it wasn't the Chador, it was the Chanel suit. You know, people could, people could dress however they wanted back then. It was, you know, going to the discos and, and we had a blast. And then, you know, things unfortunately really took a sharp turn there. <laughs> I'd love to go back someday. Right. By the way, 
love the direction that we're going in and i always wanted to ask you about uh, iran cuz i was looking at your facebook profile and then it says iran so i was really curious and wanted to ask you more about that but i see that we have about four magical attendees joining us right now so whoever you are watching this session right now in the chat box let us know what your name is and let's connect okay so if you're watching this right now add a comment below uh, but marma Uh, what was life like you sort of give us a glimpse but uh, yeah. and i have a few friends from iran they don't like what is happening right now compared to before yeah, sure. obviously iran is a very rich culture and a culture about caring and sharing and good food right so what, what was oh, it yeah. like how long were you there we were there 6 months we were supposed to stay there like 5 years and then the revolution started but in those 6 months i mean i was in high school we had a beautiful apartment my dad went to work every day i went to high school uh, it was tehran american school so there were kids from uh, europe america there were some persian kids there too and kids from all over and um I I became a cheerleader for the football team and you know it was it was really fun um our landlords lived below us and and everybody and oh and in the summer we moved there in June and so the summertime I got a job as a an English tutor to Persian ladies so I'd go to their home and it was so fascinating for me a girl from Federal Way Washington you know to where it's like leave it to Beaversville to go into these Iranian homes and everybody was different I had one gal called Shore who was like 20 maybe 8 19 and she uh was very religious so she wouldn't even answer the door without her chador on and she she was like oh you're listening to the pop music station no 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 that's bad and i was like what you know and then and then i went to this other woman's house her name was manzar and she was 19 and she was married but she drove her mercedes she got her hair colored she was real cool but one time when my uh taxi didn't come to pick me up after I said, "Well, why can't you just drive me? You've got a car." And she says, "No, I can't. I must be in the home when my husband comes home from work." I said, "Can't you just leave him a note?" Like that's what my mom would do, like leave a note. "No, I must be in in the home when Hamid comes home." So, it was very interesting and I ha- and then I had a very good friend named Seema. You'd go to anybody's house, you go to big platter of fruit, uh tea, do you want to take a nap? They'd even say, "Do you want to?" I mean, so hospitable. Mm. I I absolutely loved it. And you're right, the music, the culture, the art, uh the uh, everything just magnificent. And uh I I really it hurts my heart to know that what, you know, it's not like a freer society as it was that people could come and go and visit this magnificent place. Right. Yeah, I hope things change and one of my goals is to be able to visit you know all these different beautiful places around the world and right. uh maybe do breath work and healing and that sort of thing have those shared yeah. moments along with people but you sort of mentioned that at one point you wanted to be an actress and and work yeah, in hollywood I, i i did i i went down there at 18 and uh At 20, I got an agent and I started doing TV commercials right away, Chevrolet, McDonald's, uh, you know, all these things and then I did some smaller parts on different shows. I did mod- I was modeling. Uh but I ended up and I of course to pay my bills, I worked in restaurants. So I did that uh for the 80s and then the most of the 90s I moved to Chicago. I was married to a French chef at the time and we moved to Chicago and I was able to they had quite a bit of acting there and I did a lot of commercials there also worked in the restaurant industry. So that was for 20 years. Um my life kind of got split in two at 39 when my father uh who I was daddy's girl it was the most uh 
devastating thing when he had terminal cancer I found out and then he died shortly after and I'd moved back from Chicago to the California area he had been living down here to be with him and he died very fast and it was just I was absolutely devastated I was back in in LA alone and no job I gave up everything and uh, met my now husband shortly after and uh, so I've been with Adolfo two decades now I can't believe it yeah, time yeah. just flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and speaking about fun, magic mushrooms. What are magic mushrooms? Well, the, these are mushrooms. Uh, they're psilocybin. They contain psilocybin, so uh, which is a psychoactive ingredient, and um, there's many varieties of them. I, you know, I don't know the real ins and outs. I just know my experience. I mm-hmm. have had 11 um, uh, psilocybin mushroom journeys um, and some people say wow that's so many and uh, some people have done many you know hundreds um, I started a deep dive into my spiritual I always was metaphysical and and into spirituality from from my 20s but in 2013 late 2013 I started taking a deep dive which I wrote about in the Buddha made me do it my my spiritual memoir with my friend Julie and we started going to do you know learn about candle magic and pendulums and spirit guides and everything under the book I got attuned to Reiki, all this stuff. So since late 2013, I've been on this quest to really uh, deepen my spiritual connection, my um, channeling abilities. And, and I, you know, I read that I can't even believe I could say I'm a tarot reader. I mean, that was something I thought, what a cool thing to do, like on the side. I wish I could do that a few. And now I'm doing it and people get readings from me and I'm like, wow, you know, it's very interesting. But at one point, I decided that I wanted to do some plant medicine and I'm not, you know, I won't go into who, what, where, because, you know, of different reasons, but uh, it's not, you know, done everywhere, but there are places, there are these retreats like in Costa Rica and Peru and different places that you can go and and work with a shaman. And so I decided to do that. And uh, I worked one-on-one with someone and, and, um, it's very interesting because here I'm a my friend Julie was like Marla, she her mind was blown she's like you you're such a goody two shoes like I hardly drink alcohol I've never done drugs I'm into you know very plant based I'm very like you're doing drugs you know I'm, I can't believe you're doing this and even my husband he's like you're doing this is not right you could your you could go nuts mm-hmm. like people have like they get real scared and as I'm like this is really. Um, uh, I guess because I'm very connected with nature and going back to where I was, I was talking to you about growing up in the forest and stuff. Yeah. And I know that this plant medicine is, it's, it's a teacher. It has its own wisdom, like its own life. It's here for us. And, um, is that a magic mushroom? So, <laughs> yeah. A little mushroom tea. No. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and so my experience, okay, so I'll just go into my experience. So I did go for the, not my choice, but the person facilitating, to, you know, I did the, like, the hero's journey. So I guess there's the different, there's the different, uh, is it grams? I've got some uh, info here. So the micro, so there's, so what they have is micro dose, which is uh, 
0.5 to 20, 0.25 grams under a gram. The mini, then there's the mini dose, mm-hmm. 0.25 still under a, a gram. And then the museum, they call it a museum dose, which is 0.5 to 1.5 grams. And they call it that because you could still on that dose participate in public activities such as viewing paintings in a museum without attracting attention, right? I didn't do those. I Then there's the moderate dose, 2.3, no, 2 grams to 3.5 grams. Now that's where it's a full psychedelic experience. And then there's like the hero's journey, which is like five plus. And I started right away with the hero's journey. Mm. And, and so my, uh, reasons were first of all i i thought okay i want to open my third eye more i want to be more psychic i want to be channeling i'm really love the channeling stuff and i thought ah this is going to be perfect for me so you start doing it and interestingly enough the plant the the mushroom decides what you need you don't tell it you don't say i'm going in here and i'm going to do you know open my third eye and i'm going to do this and i'm it it first has to I didn't realize, but I had to recalibrate my whole nervous system. I had to clear out a bunch of past lives. I had to clear out grief, pain, anger that I had stored up from, um, I had a lot of uh, alcoholism in my family growing up. Many, many family members, even my brother at 39 died of alcoholism, my uncle, my everybody. So uh, I'm like practically really the only one who's like this health nut. And so I had a lot of uh, codependency issues, um, always problems in my marriages and with men and um, a lot of anger and and, uh, just, you know, divorces and anyway. And that had to be cleared out. So before you can be, bring up your intuition, before you can be this real spiritual teacher that you're meant to be and step into it, you've got to clear this stuff out. I didn't know that. Mm. I mean, I knew that I had to know stuff but I didn't know I had to clear all this and I had a lot and sometimes I would just be crying for an hour there'd be crying and sobbing there'd be uh, things that for me I never first I'd see colors like these beautiful like an octopus tentacles of colors and then that was it after that I've never had visions but it's a knowing I'd know I'd say oh the spirit guide's there Oh, I, or hearing. Oh, I hear the spirit guides talking. I hear the music. I or smell. I smelled like a birthday cake being baked. Almost, you know, all these these things. And then you just know. And what, like one of the um, experiences, I could feel. I could see every person on my block in my neighborhood uh, realize their pain. So, it, I mean, it's so. It's so. Uh, healing because maybe you think okay your neighbor's a jerk or you don't like somebody and, but you don't know what they're going through or what they've gone through or their pain or what they're just trying to uh, deal with in this human existence and you see that and then you feel very oh my god you feel there's a lot of like ashamed st- I guess it's maybe it's like a life review after you cross over mm-hmm. to the other side you know so I'm going to stop you right there okay <laughs> wonderful <laughs> It's great that you shared so much. And obviously, there's so much that's coming through, which so are... Much. After 11 listeners. of them, there's so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time I heard, well, 11 doses, that's a lot. Uh, firstly, one dose is a lot for a lot of people, right? Especially since you mentioned... 11, se- yeah, 11 sessions 11 spread sessions. out over... over yeah. yeah. And your first session... And I'll tell it. you why, and I'll tell you why after that. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So your first session, or your first dose, uh, your first experience was a heroic dose, like you mentioned. Yeah. And you've saw sort of uh, mentioned that your goal initially at least was to open your third eye 
was to awaken or to strengthen your psychic abilities and you yeah. felt that the mushroom will help you do that because uh, before accessing your intuition you had to do a lot of clearing and cleansing of mm -hmm. things that were holding you back energetically um, and so sort of before diving deeper into your experiences which i'm definitely going to go into you written in your book that mushrooms are called the biological internet correct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Why? why yeah, because they go under. There's a uh, uh, the mushrooms. Not we're not just talking psilocybin, but mushrooms in general. Ninja. They they go on. It's like a internet. Under they're under. We're walking on it. You know, it's it's connected, interconnected, and it connects, and then they pop up. It's just incredible. All of uh, this, uh, what they do. I mean, they they're so magical, and um, yeah, and the reason AJ I did. Uh, so many, and I'm planning to do more because one is not going to, uh, just like, let's say you go to the chiropractor once in your life. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have a bat, you had an accident or something, you know, you don't go once. I mean, you don't brush your teeth once, whatever. I'm it's one time is, well, you'll have an experience, but it's, you're not going to get the benefits. If you're looking for self healing, uh, self improvement, um, spiritual, uh, deep dive, all of that, it's, it's going to take more than one. It's mm. just, so I wouldn't do just, you know, one, it, because there's so much more to go. So you, you do some clearing, you see some stuff, and it's not like, oh, this is so beautiful. Look at the color. No, it's crying. It's like, oh, my God, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not to do on a lark. You have to say, okay, am I opened? Because you can be really feeling like everything and just it's it's hard. And then when I got home, I'd have to go to bed and sometimes stay in bed the whole next day and, and just process all of this and, and have a headache. And, um, so, but after, after, so after like, up, uh, the third three were like that, then the fourth, fifth, sixth, okay, then that stuff's calibrated. The nervous system, things are cleared out. Then, oh, fairies, the fairies here, fairies are here. So then I'm channeling fairies. I'm channeling the Pleiadians. The Pleiadians are coming through, and they're doing light language. They're doing like so. I'm doing all these things with my hands, just <clears throat> without. I didn't. Even, they just start doing it. They just. Start, I'm laying there, and they just start doing it, and they just start talking through me. We are off-planet guides and coming through, and then that's when it's like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is all worth it. And, but then there might be some more crying and, oh, my God, and worried about, you know, this and I miss my dad and, you know, things come up. But then Jaguar spirit's here and then we're working on this and then you're howling at the moon. Right. So, <laughs> it's really, yeah. so going back to your first trip, uh, maybe if you could describe your first trip for us, you know, you don't have to be specific. <clears throat> but was it indoors? Was it outdoors? If you could just describe the scene and setting yeah. for us. Because so this is because, really fascinating. Whatever you shared so far is amazing. And it's obvious that there's a lot of shift happening. There's a lot of emotional shift, a lot of imagery happening. But I just want to paint a picture for our listeners right now who are, many of them are completely new to magic mushrooms. Right. And right. they'll be like, is it a button mushroom? Wait. <laughs> so it's obviously a button mushroom. <laughs> a, a, a button mushroom, yeah. But so, so, so paint a picture for us. You know, the first, your first experience. And right. where were you? What so, were you doing? So, yeah, so you don't, so you start um, in the morning. I did, I start in the morning, like maybe 10 a.m. You don't eat before, I ate, okay. ate uh, the night before, and then you don't eat. Um, and then you'll lay, so since mine was a hero's journey, it wasn't just a small amount. It, you lay down, 
well, you drink it, you, you, you bless it and you sit there and you're like, okay, that, you know, make an intention, thank the guides and everything that's going to be happening, drink it, put it in, you can put it in some hot chocolate or, you know, I like to put it in some hot chocolate, um, drink it down and then, oh, it takes maybe 20 minutes uh, to start the effect. You lay down some music, have some music going, spiritual music. And then the person's there with you, like um, a a shaman or a sitter or whatever, um, uh, medicine person, you know, whoever you go to. um, And then they're there and leading you through. Now, for me, it was... uh, that was a t- it was tough. I'm trying to think back, and um, it's a lot of. There was some crying. There was some energy. The person would do energy work on me, clearing stuff, and then also your legs might start just moving like like this, like crazy, because you're recalibrating. You might start shaking, but that's your uh, nervous system recalibrating. Um, I went. Oh, at one point we went up to when I had to go to the bathroom. Went up and looked in the mirror. I looked at myself, and I looked all like craggly, like dark, like ugly, kind of. Mm. And and that was like the shadow or something, or how I'd seen myself, or maybe what I needed to clear out or something. Right. You know, my. And it was so interesting. I was like, oh my god! And then, and then, so then I, it doesn't happen anymore but they did there was stuff it was almost like you know how we even beat up on ourselves like I'm not good enough I'm not for all of our past how we were maybe bullied and all of this stuff there's so much there Mm -hmm. there's so much embedded in us and uh and then there's past life stuff and and so it was really going through all that there was you don't get up oh I couldn't and when people talk about oh yeah take some mushrooms and walk around no 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 you don't walk around I mean I, I couldn't have i i had even maybe crawl and then be help be helped to the bathroom it was you're just that way and then it takes about six hours until you could you know get up and and you know go go somewhere but even then it's like just go to bed um our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But so it's, it was a tough, you know, it was like, wow, but I felt proud of myself. It was like, wow, it's something that, um, 
to, to be willing to do it because it's the unknown, really. Mm-hmm. And and I've never, you know, I know my husband was very worried about, oh, you could die, you could something could happen. I've There's never been any instances that I've ever heard of or talked to anybody that that would, would happen. You, it's not addictive. Actually, once you start keep doing these, you take less. You don't, it's not like a heroin or something where you have to take more and more and more mm-hmm. for effects. This, you actually take, start taking less and it so so and it you never think oh oh i need some mushroom i mean it's not addictive at all it's actually like whew, i better wait another six months before i do that again <laughs> right right interesting yeah so obviously it takes a lot of courage right which is why it's called the heroic journey because you need to be a or recognize the hero within you in order to get started with that and that's what you got started with right um but as you look back, or maybe based on your research or study, what is it about mushrooms that has such an effect on human beings? Oh, gosh. You know, I have, it's so funny because I haven't, well, I have listened to like Terrence McKenna and different people, and but I, I'm not like a real expert. I'm just an expert on my experiences yeah, with yeah, it. Of course. But, but I know that it, it's, they're using it in different clinical uh, um, uh situations uh, for alcohol or drug abuse or depression um, uh, to helping people um, when they're dying in that I I mean I think it would be amazing to give to someone if they're making their transition you know Um, I can see where it's it's really once it gets more legal everywhere again and um, it was years and years ago they but some things happened back in the '60s, and they so they banned it and stuff. But I think it's so beneficial. I think it's um, in a clinical setting, and then for people. But also in that, like you were talking about, you you're doing some groups where you're doing this sacred. I, I mean, it, it, making it sacred, it's so beautiful. Like a whole ceremony and you really feel like you're back to your tribal roots. Mm. And I growing up in Seattle, there's a lot of native American, um, culture there, the totem poles. And we'd go and see the, go to salmon bakes and see the Indians. And I, I had that. And then I have past lives as a uh, native American. And I just feel like very, um, connected to that. And it, it all, it's the, the plant medicine feels very, shamanic very native american to me when i do it it feels very like going back to that tribal and then the guides come in your spirit guides come in and i i just love that yeah if i do it and i'm gonna do it probably later this year i do want to do it uh you know in the right setting in the right scene so that i have somebody just like your experience um hold space for me um, protect me energetically and sometimes especially for me I find it more fun when you're doing it in a, in a group and yeah I'm just curious because um, I have read I've come through some of the research that you might have come across as well where they are comparing the effects of breath work with psychedelics mm-hmm. like psilocybin yes. and they're noticing that breath work is equally as effective and the and the benefit of breath work is that you can come out immediately and you can you know go to work or you can mm-hmm. you know go outdoors and not be you know uh worried about the after effects of it whereas maybe if you're doing like magical mushrooms or something else it can take a couple of hours right for you to get back to it you need some rest it, you need some recuperation yeah for me it, even the next day I, I, and then yeah. that, then then there was one i don't know if it was like my eighth or ninth yeah I, f- I was like, wow, you know, I was I was driving and I was looking at rainbows and I felt great and I was fine. 
And then the, another one, it's like, oh, i got to go right to bed. I'm, I just wiped out. I can't do anything. So it just depends. It's It really... It, it goes where it does what it needs to do and you just surrender there's just surrender and I know you're going to do really well with it AJ you're going to go all you know right into it and, and get the most out of it because it is something when you do this it's like go into it with the intention of I, I, I'm there for uh, the growth I don't I wasn't doing it because I thought it was cool or I want to curious I did it because for the deep deep growth and healing and um it's helped me a lot. Yeah. So when you do, especially maybe your first session or second session, when you finish the session, how easy it is for you to remember exactly what you saw or what you felt, all the patterns and colors yeah. that you. Noticed. I remember everything. Remember I do. I do journal when I get home. I write it yeah. down just in case I don't remember, and there might you know things that maybe was happening and what I. Yeah, I, I have a journal, but. Thinking back, like I can just look, oh, that, oh, yeah, and and you remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I you did provide us a little glimpse of it, but, you know, going back to maybe a first or second or third, it could be anything, something that's vivid. What do you exactly see when you're in the middle of it, you know? What do you see? It's, so what's interesting, it does, it does open the third eye, so you are actually at a point, maybe really like a couple hours into it you're in an, in the other dimension and that's when you, why you can hear I could hear the spirit guides came in one time playing this loud music loud music and it was joyful and I got up and I was dancing and uh, there was no music no uh, it wasn't on the stereo or any, you know it was it was I heard them because I'm in the other dimension and I could hear I could hear a one time I was laying there and I heard whispers I knew yeah, and I knew there was an old like crone, and then the person that the shaman I worked with said that's the the he, that's the medicine woman. She came, mm-hmm. and and so other guides will come from other dimensions, and I'll start going <sighs> sometimes. <sighs> oh, jaguar spirits here. Oh, and you do yeah, it. Yeah, you just yeah. <sighs> You start, and then sometimes okay. So then there was ones where now I'll do these. I'll I'll do like these operatic ah, you know ah. I'll just really loud ah, and and what it is is it's opening the throat chakra. It's balancing the chakras and the throat mm-hmm. chakra. But what's interesting, AJ, is I don't decide to do any of this. No. I don't even. It just does. I'm just like doing it, and I'm like. It just does it. <laughs> it's so interesting. My hands are doing light language. I'm, you know, doing and and I'll sometimes it's like an hour or two. I'm doing the, you know, loud noise and my throat never hurts. I never have, a, you know, if you were in a large loud party and you're talking all night, you're like oh, the next hurts, day, yeah. nothing, nothing at all. Uh, so it's it's healing it. It's opening everything. I would imagine that, especially if a person was initially more withdrawn had a little bit of social anxiety. An experience like this would allow them to go beyond the threshold and really be comfortable in their discomfort in using their voice or maybe shaking or dancing and listening to music, trusting their inner voice as well. And, well, you know what it does also? It it, it shows us that we are magical beings, that we are this beautiful spark of the divine. We are a spirit in a body, and there is another dimension that we've been there and talked to the spirit guides and fairies and and, uh, other uh, 
beings. And we think it's interesting because we think, oh, fairies or gnomes or unicorns and stuff that's just made up. It's not made up. They exist in another dimension, in another energetic dimension, all these beings. And these people that have done the fairy tales or written about them or, or whatever, they were there in those dimensions somehow. Maybe they took you know, some magic mushrooms, maybe they were in meditation or breath work or right. uh, out of body astral travel. Um, but they do, it is real. Um, mm-hmm. It's so we're not like being silly when we say that. And it's, it's this, and then we connect. And then that what I so loved was when the star beings came through the Pleiades and the other, this, you know, the guides from the other star systems came, came through, start talking those guides. And now I do a, I do a magical message circle every Saturday night at 6 PM Pacific, um, maximum eight people. So we meet on zoom and then uh, I, I go around and give messages to people. And a lot of times the star, the galactic federation comes through and gives messages so I have a question and, about that. A couple of questions, actually. And so, firstly, listeners, if you're watching this right now, if you have any questions, please add them in the comments. Because I'd love to feature your questions as well. But Marla, my question is, and I love that you're sharing this. But what was your thought or your belief about Pleiadians or these intergalactic beings before you experienced the mushrooms? Oh, I got a good story. Okay. And then, how, <laughs> how, like, how do you know it's the you know intergalactic beings? How do you know what is life okay. language and how? Like, I, I just want to get a better grip on this. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, so uh, years ago, well, maybe 2016, I went to this channeler, this woman. It's in my book. I, I talk about all this. If the Buddha, you guys, if you're interested in all this, in the Buddha made me do it. A field guide to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. That memoir. It's got all those kind of things where I started getting into this. So I, in that book, I talk about, I went to a, a channeler. She channeled light be- a collective of 12 light beings. And I had a private session with her and they, and I recorded and everything. And they said, I have, a, I am connected with the Pleiades. I had, that's one of the star systems that I, I energetically am connected to and was living. Okay. And then I, I started working on the, um, some people call it the Ouija board, but it's a uh, just a board, you know, with letters on it, like a communication board. So I was doing that uh, years ago, too. And, and I remember one time I was getting messages on it and writing down notes. And and I looking back, there was a, a, a guide that came through called Calderon, and he said he was from the Pleiades. And so after my experience in the uh, mushroom journey uh, of them coming through, I went back and looked in my book, the Buddha made me do it. And in my notebook of the notes about, and they said it was the Pleiades. It, it, you know, two different times. It was like, Oh my God, they say same thing. And then I also, conf- uh, um, there's a spirit guide that comes through that also said, yes, that's so, okay. So I totally believe it. Cause it's like three different Yeah people and times and then the light language so I'm just laying there and all of a sudden my hands start moving and it's like this it's very um a lot of like this and and they would go like this and then I would do that so long at the end of the day I mean I'm completely bruised I mean black and blue and bruised and painful because Mm. I would do it for like four or five hours there doing this and they're coming through and so um and I didn't even try to do it and so that is the guides how they were coming through so see even now i can talking about it they're coming through and there's some light and then they started i just started talking they just the stream of consciousness just started talking we are off-planet guides we are uh we are what did it say we are uh 
uh, restructuring DNA or recalibrating or something about the DNA. So they were coming in doing this stuff, working with me. It was very interesting. And then, so sometimes too, I'll be given readings and then they'll just like be coming coming through like that. It's interesting. Have you seen the TV show, The OA? The what? The OA. D-O-A. No, No. the OA. The two letters, OA. And the OA. Yeah, so the OA is actually a pretty popular TV show, sci-fi TV show, Netflix, and they do exactly like this. They do exactly. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay, I gotta watch that. They gotta check. Somebody it's an amazing TV show, and unfortunately, they didn't go past season two. But I was really hooked on to that. Apart from, so I love the OA, um, Sense8, and the 100. So like these sci-fi oh. shows. But the, okay. the they were doing exactly. So I was like, have you seen that or not? Because no, I have never heard of it. I never seen any. <laughs> I mean, I know. I've seen like on Facebook. There's some a couple women who have these pages, and they're doing this light language right. stuff, but. Yeah. But, you know, but I do my own. I mean, what mine is always like this. It's a lot of hitting. Then this is interesting, AJ. So so every time this is practically the whole for hours, I'll be I'll be I'll be going like this on my whole body, hitting my legs, hitting my hitting my my hitting myself mm-hmm. hit, and, and going like this. Yeah. So it must be also releasing energy, almost like tapping you know yeah. the EFT tapping yeah. and it's just do and it does it I mean I don't decide to I'm just doing it the whole- <laughs> that's also a Qigong re- technique you know like just is do- it, and I record yeah. my sessions and I hear all this slapping uh, you know on the recording while I'm in and because I want to hear what I'm channeling I want to hear what's going on so I'll record it which is pretty cool we got messages from the yeah well michelle okay. says love sensate love oa so you've got a group you've got a tribe oh. of live viewers watching this cool. so let us know what your name is and are you enjoying the session so far well you're watching so far that means you're enjoying this conversation michelle. and uh, uh so marla what type of mushroom do you well it's, have you done it's, many or done one or? it's psilocybin i don't you know i don't buy it it's when you okay. do it with somebody they have it okay they, they just okay get, yeah, because yeah, I've heard but different types. But you can types, you know, try to get it, you know. And but I would be very careful. I too, if I did do okay in my book, the Magic Seeker, the Magic Seeker. Mm-hmm. So it just came out in December, and in the towards the back of the book, which you read, I describe. I go. I went. What I did was I went into I um, into the woods, and I rented an Airbnb, mm-hmm. and I decided to do a a uh, journey by myself. And that, that was, was the, the last one, one I, right? The last one. That, that that's uh, no, the next to the last. I did okay. another one since okay. the la- the um, that, but that was like my tenth, and I felt I felt okay. I can do. It. I've done it enough times. I feel like I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I did like three point five uh, grams. It was tough. I won't do another one alone. It was <laughs> hell. It was the shadow. I was crying. It was oh. Uh, it was not good. I mean, it was just hard. It was a lot of seeing things that I, and so many times, you know, I, I was very unaware, you know, in my t- saying things to people that would hurt their feelings. I would just, you know, I kind of was one of those people that would blurt things out or in relationships, you know, how many times in, when we've had hard relationships where you tell the person, I hate you, or, you know, just say terrible things. And that all kind of comes back. 
And we've all had arguments with our parents or with somebody that you went off on or us. And, and we've had, I've had a lot of those experiences at my age now over the, over, and it comes back. It's like, Oh crap. Yeah. It's kind of like that life review. I was, and, and you don't see it, but you just know it. It's, and it's this knowing for me, maybe people, other people might see things. I just know and hear and, uh, experience. But it was hard to see that, and then you want to change. Though after you want to, you want to be better. You want to, uh, you're more compassionate. Um, you're more you. You're more just. It's just like you're more a, a cosmic a citizen. So it seems like the mushroom experience, or maybe especially if you're taking a higher dose, it's acting like a mirror, and it's revealing to you aspects of yourself that were previously in the dark or you did not know about it and now it's all coming through you like the you watching yourself on the mirror and so that provides and is that is that conducive to your healing you want to work on yourself yes, you because want to face yeah it? for me for me it does because it's releasing those things and it's also making me uh, realize uh how to treat people differently and myself differently and forgiveness and love and how we're all connected it really you can say you know all these spiritual jargon we're all connected we're all one but you really feel it you can really see that but then there may be some really cool uh other things going on it's the hard part and then maybe the next hour it's like the fairies are coming so it's a mixture and everybody i can only speak for my own experience i i don't know other you know, if other people are going through the same thing, but this is just what I've experienced. Well, that's the thing about consciousness, right? Consciousness is so subjective that it can never be objective. And the moment you try to study consciousness from an objective standpoint, you lose it all. And that's why even the most advanced scientists are stumbled. They're stumbling. They don't understand what consciousness is because so far in science, we've got a very reductionist perspective on science, like breaking it down, uh, molecules and atoms. But what beyond? At what point do these brain signals become consciousness where a person is seeing colors and experiencing senses? We can't just do it. So it sort of makes sense that we all have a different experience. Different experience. From the same uh, mushroom, this magical mushroom. Mushroom. And like you've mentioned, there's a sacredness, there's a mysticalness to it, where the mushroom, it seems, decides what that experience is for you based on your life experience so far. So it's really, yeah, it's really very personalized. It's very personal. And what I've heard is once you do it, it's always in you. It's always, it's always that consciousness you. that's always with you. That's always in you, which I think is so cool. I love it. I love the psilocybin mushroom. It's like such a sacred friend, healer, teacher. So talk to us about, I've got an important question, but before that, Justina says, hey, I love the show Oe, and she says, first time watching your face. Never had that comment before, but I'll, I'll take that. Watch your face, yes. <laughs> okay, but... Uh, oh, FaceTime, maybe, your Facebook, Facebook Live. Maybe right. <laughs> thanks, Justina. Thanks for checking us out. And yeah, please come on for more live streams like this. That's what we do all the time before I launch it into my podcast. But Marla... During one of your mushroom experiences, you discovered or you learned or it was emphasized that your husband is, in fact, your twin flame, right? Oh. Talk to us about that. What is a twin flame? How did you come to know that he indeed is your twin flame? So the twin flame, well, the twin flame, so, and I'm a matchmaker for 20 years, you guys. So, you know, I've, I have that question asked to me in, in, you know, 
radio and podcasts and TV all the time. What's a soulmate? What's a twin flame? Do you have one? And and the soulmate is like, you know, you and I, AJ, are probably soulmates. It's friends, pets, uh, lovers, everybody, anybody that you uh, have a kinship with, maybe you run into, and uh, we've, we travel in soul groups. So you have soulmates, this, yeah. these soulmate groups, and, and we learn from, and a soulmate may stay in your life, you know, a season or for a reason or for a lifetime. Then right. the twin flame that's uh, you have that romantic relationship and you might not want a twin flame relationship. It's really going to show it's really going to uh, show you all of those places that you need to heal. It's like like uh, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. That was a twin flame relationship. A lot of them may be power couples or couples that you have a lot of uh, you're going to really be a mirror for each other and, and make and they'll, they will carve you out of stone. You know, they'll really uh, get you to. Uh, it's not going to always be easy, but but it shows you. So my husband, we've had a, a t- turbulent relationship, uh, mm-hmm. but he's shown me where I needed to heal. Where I had anger, I had reaction, reactive. Uh, I had a lot of stuff from my childhood, from background that which I had a good childhood, but there were things that you know happened that we all i think everybody has goes through something that's why we're here on earth we we made an agreement before we came in the body what we're going to experience and um uh so he it, he i think he really pushed me into these deep spiritual uh discoveries and healing so yeah that he didn't so t- I mean, he didn't do it say it i yeah. Me, he pushed me without realizing it. <laughs> yeah, and also like with relationships, a lot of it is beyond communication, right? So it's not a lot about what you say, but it's about, you know, like your overall um, actions or your energy overall. Like I'm, like we spoke before this, I'm doing a training on, um, you know, experiencing men's circles, men's sacred mm-hmm. circles and really revisiting what it means to be a man and I'm learning that Mm. one of the roles of being a man is to be present and to be grounded and to be a container for the women or the woman in his life so that she can express her divinity and femininity and so it's interesting you learn about human beings but you also learn about the universe the yin and yang the black and white and how these two Mm -hmm. polars merge to form life so it's interesting how your husband supported you and you realized that he indeed is your twin flame because well, it's not an easy support, journey, right? He, he didn't support me, but I, I did I did it anyway. You, you know did what it I mean? Anyway, yeah. it, oh, he was fighting me on all okay. these fronts. But but uh, at this point, now he still does not want me doing the journeys, but I still do them. But he loves I mean he what didn't he thought tarot was evil he thought you know go, growing up catholic now he loves me to give him tarot readings mm. so he's opened up he has crystals now he i gave him a bunch he's 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 uh doing his pendulum work yeah. uh crystal charging he's i mean this is unbelievable from somebody who was completely you know just practical none of this is real that's mm-hmm. not you know what that's nuts and now he's like oh what crystal is this look what does this do and he's like has a bunch in his office now and it's so yeah. cool so he's opening up and it's fun to see that but i'm still you know a lot farther uh out in the woo from him but but he he likes reiki energy work he does like that he likes me to give that to him and one thing aj also somehow i guess 
even though I've written like six books and I've been on TV and I was acting and I've done things and had a successful business, there was this kind of imposter syndrome that I'd have and and maybe from being bullied as a kid. And I had this bright red hair and freckles and people would call me names and they'd pull my hair out and, you know, try to beat me up and stuff when I was. And and so I I had this feeling like, uh, who am I to, uh, I'd look at other people who, who were, energy healers or giving a talk or talking about crystals and literally like not even that long ago a few years ago I was like oh they're doing that oh my god how do they know so much how can they do that right and I was like oh my god and now this all these journeys and the clearing out and all this stuff has helped me to realize I am here for a reason to help to bring people together to heal to use my skills and my uh, abilities what i've learned and i i'm just as knowledgeable as uh, most of these people that i was like looking up to and i and i can step into that now i've stepped into being a transformational coach with it took me years to think i was good enough to be a coach and so i just dipped my toe in mm-hmm. and now i'm all in so it's really helped me see that i am this cosmic being and i am here for a reason and i have power within me and it's helped me step into who I'm meant to be instead of doing things half-assed yeah I think from what you're sharing it seems like the mushroom experience what it does is it gives you a glimpse into the truth of our life and the beauty of life and the connectedness and the oneness of life but at the same time uh, it also reminds you that life is limited right because at least this physical life is limited, that you don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen tomorrow or day after tomorrow. And life can end in a brink of a moment. Mm-hmm. But because it has not ended yet, you still have that opportunity to really live your calling and your purpose. And it doesn't matter if you're perfect or not, or if you have, like, from the conversations that I've, I've had, most of the people, creative people, very smart and intelligent people, always have this sense of imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to do this? Yeah. You know, but like Marianne Williamson said, who are you not to do it, right? Yes, it's your role exactly. and your duty to shine. Whatever that yeah. shining is, whether it's for a one person or a hundred people, if you shine, mm-hmm. you'll feel better, but you'll also allow others to feel better as well in the process. And even if we're just inspiring uh, three people or yeah, exactly. five people, like in my circle, um, may, you know, well, I limit it to eight because everybody's getting messages, but it's something I do every Saturday. It's $10, but I'm like... I, I'm stepping into supporting these people. We have a lot of chaos going on in the world now, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty. And, and that's like what I'm doing to support these women with energy, healing, and messages for that. So even if you have eight people or one person or two, or if you start a Facebook group and there's five people in there, serve those five people. Give what you, you know, you're, you're making an impact. And because and, and, uh, we're all about now, oh, I want a million followers or I have to have, you know, how many likes. And it's not, it, that, that was one thing in the sessions, in the journeys. I, I, I was like, look, and I was like, I saw that so many times, the Facebook and then stuff. I'm like, this is just such BS. Um, at, at the time, I thought, so shallow what am i trying to do here and then you know of course it's a wonderful space to share and to connect and it's it's good but i was thinking don't worry about if somebody liked your page that point of it you know i was like what you really get deeper in okay why am i here why am i why am i posting this post so people can just say oh cool or is there a reason behind it to so today i posted this gif and it had a, a cat with these 
like sparks coming out of its paws and I and I charged it up with Reiki mm. and then I put I said this this image is charged with Reiki sit and receive and, and receive the energy healing so like now I'm kind of putting something behind everything on how I can put out something beneficial some even if it's some little crazy thing like that so you know, uh, if, you know obviously you've done multiple sessions right um how many sessions have you done so far? And what makes 11. you keep going back to doing a session time after time? Like, what are you looking for ultimately? <laughs> right know? now. So so now I've had 11 and um, I will do a couple more for sure. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably this year. Um, at this point now that I've got my uh, um, nervous system recalibrated. I've cleaned out a lot of stuff. I see now it's the the jo- the excitement of channeling, opening more to the other to the guides, so I can help people. I give readings, I, I give healings, and I'm things are opening up more, and it helps uh, the, my clients better. Um, it's also so freaking magical that I it's just like blows your mind how bad I'm like this is just too incredible. So. Even when it's hard, it's like so incredible. And sometimes, sometimes I've, there's been ones where I said, I think even the last one, I said, God, this takes so much out of you because you're even, you know, you're doing the vocals, you're hitting your, you know, self. You're, and I said, I don't think, oh God, do I ever want to do this again? And then, yeah, I want to do it again because it's just continuing to, to teach, to open, to clear, to uh, enhance. And maybe some person would do five and that's it or a couple or yeah. maybe a few. Um, everybody's going to be different. But I am like I'm kind of even surprised at myself. Like I'm pretty bra- – I feel like I'm real brave, you know, yeah. in that area because I wouldn't jump out of a plane. I wouldn't take – I've never taken cocaine or – you know, in the 80s, everybody's – I'm like the – I was the girl at the party in the 80s where I remember sitting there with in the, all these people sitting around the living room, passing around the plate of cocaine, and I'm the only one that said, said no – I'm not doing that. And then I remember Wait, passing I was a plate, a, <laughs> a plate of cocaine. Yeah, they would pass a plate of tr- drugs around at parties in the eighties, oh. and I was the only one sitting there, like, no, no, thank you, no, thank you. you know. And then, the, then I'll just tell you something funny because I remember in the nineteen in the eighties. That's when Madonna was, you know, all mm. the. And I was in my twenties, and I was at this club. I was standing at the bar, and this guy comes up to me and says, "Oh, I, you know, do you want to come back with me? I've got some, you know." He meant cocaine, you know. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like I was such a straight-laced good, you know, I'm up at nine at the gym. And so I thought, you know, I, I'm doing this. And um, and I wouldn't even call it a drug, but it's a, you know, people compare it to that. Yeah. So, well, sugar is um, a drug. Yeah, caffeine. God, caffeine I tried to get off that. That's <laughs> Smoking that's cigarettes, guy. nicotine is a drug, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, if done in a safe setting and if you, you know, realize and recognize the sacredness, sacredness of the plant medicine, then yeah, it has uh, so much potential. I just, right. I just want to reiterate for everybody, don't um, – I'm not telling anybody you should do it. I'm not – you know, you have to decide for yourself. And I would suggest not doing it alone and knowing what you're doing. Look into it 
deeply oh, yeah. first. Don't just go out there and say, I'm going to do this now because Marla did it. Just yeah. <laughs> and I've not done it myself. I want to do it. And that is why I'm connecting with my friends, including Marla, to understand yeah. from their perspective and to really find out um, what, should my, what should my mindset be and how I should prepare and what I should think about. Now, Marla... Uh, let's talk about the shadow now because we've spoken a little bit about oh, yeah. it. You've quoted Carl Jung in your book saying, unfortunately, there can be no doubt that man or woman is on the whole less good than he imagines himself or wants <laughs> to be. Everyone carries right. a shadow and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. To become conscious of the shadow, it involves recognizing the dark aspects of the personality as present and real the act is the essential condition for any kind of self-knowledge. So talk to us a bit more about this shadow self. That, right, uh, the shadow, like, like whenever we can't stand somebody or something about somebody, that's the, the, our shadow coming out. And if we don't like it in them, it's really showing us that we have that quality in ourselves Mm. and so it's showing us and and but also if we like something in somebody like i i remember listening to your podcast i think i a long time maybe 2015 whenever you started it and i Mm -hmm. didn't know what you looked like and i would listen to us oh what a cool guy i love this and look what he's doing and then i i but see because i knew i wanted to do a podcast tonight but i was looking up to you and so you you can see things in people that you admire but you might think i could never do it because you have it in you and then the shadow as well. If you see something, oh, that guy, you know, maybe people who hated, you know, President Trump, they just, oh, the anger and the hatred. What is that? That's their shadow. Something mm. in him, his brashness or his way of, of being that they didn't like, uh, they, they've got that in them too. So that's ca- coming back. So it's interesting to work with the shadow. And it's nothing to be um, ashamed of or, you know, anything like that. We all have it, have the shadow aspects and, and things that, you know, that we we carry in there and there's always been somebody i mean you could look at somebody and just you just don't like their face you know what i mean it's like why i don't know it just bugs me i don't like that personality or i don't like something about somebody you know is it because you don't like that is it because you want to express that side but you're not allowing yourself it's repressed within is that what it is it could it could be that, but also it could be maybe you you don't like let's say you think oh that god god she's such a bitch God, that woman, mm-hmm. because you're you have that bitch in you, and then you yeah. look at it and say, well, where where could I, where could I embrace my inner bitch? Where where would that be a benefit? Well, if if a man uh, repair man comes to my home and my husband's not there and he's trying to make his way in or making some remark or, or trying something, and then okay, get out, you know you my inner bitch when would that be beneficial so you look you know when so so you might not like something in someone else but you have that quality and then how can you Im- integrate and embrace that quality mm. because there's we all have every quality in us we have you know uh, the dark the light the love the hate we have everything we embody everything and mm. so to, we can't say oh i'm i just i'm so perfect you know only love and light we still have as well the ego we're still working with that and so when people coach with me they we work on the shadow work we work with underlying commitments that's what we were talking about when uh when maybe when i was bullied i got i made that underlying commitment to myself in my in my uh subconscious that i'm not good enough i can't do oh i guess i'm i'm not good i they don't like me how i look they don't like my hair they don't like me i'm just uh 
you know, they call me names. And then it was hard for me to step into uh, that leadership role. I'd still do things. I'd still try things, but I didn't go in fully. Mm. So if someone listening right now, how do they go about firstly understanding what their triggers are? And now that they have the triggers, what can they do about it? How do I go about integrating uh, that shadow aspect, which I have recognized through my encounters or experiences? How do I go about integrating that into my own life? Yeah, there's there's things there's uh, shadow. You know, Debbie Ford wrote a book, uh, The Shadow Effect and Dark Side of the Light Chasers. I mean, it would be good to get a book like that or go. It's there's some um, exercises you can do writing things down, you know, that you don't like and where can you find those qualities that are in you? There's things that you can do. So I would, I would say, look that up and work with it. Uh, or if you coach with me, we go through it. But um, what, what you were saying, how can you find it? No, you were saying what? <laughs> no, I mean, so, so, I mean, along those same lines, let's say a person has done that first step and knows, yeah. okay, this is my trigger. I get triggered when I'm, oh, I see this group Triggers. of people, this person. And maybe I realize, okay, maybe there's some, something within me that that person is mirroring. How do I, I have a, I have a story I put in the magic secret about a trigger. So for some reason, Jehovah witnesses trigger me when Mm -hmm. I see them walking around the neighborhood and they're going to be knocking, knocking on doors. And I, one day I was out with the dog walking last year and these two women, these two uh, Latina women were walking in the neighborhood. uh, And one was, (laughs) You know, I'm being very, very honest here. I'm just being honest. So yeah. one was uh, quite overweight, and then the other one was taller, you know, long hair. Yeah. And I was just walking, and they said, oh, hey, uh, have you heard about the Bible? And then I was just like, oh, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're going to And then I said, no, no, I don't, you know, never mind. And I was thinking, how dare they go around knocking on doors, trying to, trying to convert people when I have my own spiritual practice, and these people are from Latin America, and it was years, uh, hundreds of years ago when the Spanish came down and forced the indigenous people to become Catholic. And now they're go- knocking on doors trying to force people to go to their religion. Oh, the irony. This is just not right. And then I thought, well, the, the woman is overweight. Isn't there a commandment or a something in the Bible about gluttony or, you know, I bet she, she's going to lecture me and she's not even following all the commandments. Well, let me just look it up. If she comes by again, I'll have my answer ready. I'm looking up on my iPhone, mm. Googling the 10 commandments or whatever, what, you know, yeah. gluttony or, and I'm trying to look, you know, and my internet would not connect my mm. phone. And I have the iPhone 11. It always connects. It wouldn't do it. I tried again. Well, I'm going to get on there. The internet would not connect. And I heard my guide say, Marla, we don't want you to do that. Don't do that. And then I was like, oh, okay. So then I walked back around and then I went and sat on my porch with my dog. They came, they didn't recognize, they came past my house and stood there. And I watched them and they were looking around like so defeated, like where, which house should we go to next? Because I'm sure they get a lot of doors slammed in their faces. Mm -hmm. And then I was looking at them and I just felt so much compassion and I felt ashamed of myself. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm always triggered by, by this. They're just trying to, they found, I found my spirituality with my crystals and my shamanism and all of this. And, and, and they found theirs in the Christian Bible or in the, their sect mm-hmm. of whatever they're doing. And they're just trying to be happy in life. And they're just trying to, and I felt so much compassion. I was like, thank you guides for shutting down my internet. Thank you yeah. for not making me be an a- 
ass. Right. <laughs> and I, I would feel like a complete shit if I did it. But <laughs> I was ready to do it because I was triggered. Yeah. I was yeah. triggered. I was like, how dare I? I and so I've. That was a trigger that I had to catch and see in myself. That was a shadow. Why am I so triggered by these people that come around knocking on doors? <laughs> Interesting. That's a great story. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm sure people who are watching or listening right now are able to resonate. In my case, and many of our listeners know, but my mom is a Christian. And so I inherently realize that there's a benefit of, of a place like a church <clears throat> because you go to church on a Sunday morning, you meet people around you, like-minded people, they're wearing good clothes, putting forward their best selves. Yeah. And just that human connection is, I feel, missing in a lot of communities, which I think the church has done a good job of. Obviously, there are right. you yes. know, so many limitations, right? I mean, everyone has their own opinion. Um, and you would vouch that, you know, spirituality allows you to explore your own version of your worldview and, and how you think the universe operates. But inherently, the good thing about going to church is that you get to meet this. It's like a mastermind, right? <clears throat> it's like a spiritual yeah. mastermind. You meet the same right. people. You're all promising that you'll do these things, be a better human, and you're hopefully hugging. And, 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 and also donation is a core component. So you're you know, donating your money towards you know, the downtrodden. So right. yeah, it's interesting how you are able to shift your perspective and release that potential trigger that was. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not triggered by uh, church or Christianity. I mean, I love going into churches. I just would be triggered that they would come to my door and to your door and you know that's what it was. It wasn't that they they you know they could go to church. I love going in churches wherever I go all over the world. I have to go in churches and pray. I love it. But uh, yeah, that that coming and even telemark you know or whatever they're selling something coming at your door. I'm like you know because I lived in apartments my whole life, my whole adult life until 2011 when we bought a house, and so nobody would be. I'm knocking on your door. All of a sudden, we move to a house, and people are like marching up, <laughs> knocking on your door, and you're like, "Who are you? What do you want?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. Uh, Marla, now as we dive further, how would you compare the effects of silent meditation to psilocybin? Uh, okay, the the benefit, like the benefits of meditating. And toward, uh, compared to the benefits of doing a uh, journey? No, the experiential differences. Oh, well, meditation. I mean, meditation for me has always been a little tricky. To and My mind's a little cal- It's It's calmer now than it used to be. But yeah. I personally, maybe because I haven't, I always say, i got to meditate every day. got to meditate every day. But I haven't had any far-out experiences meditating. Uh, now, breath work I've done here in LA before, which is really, ooh, that does release a lot. That really gets you. But but uh, meditation for me didn't give me any of those things. Like some people would say, oh yeah, you can get the same effects with meditation with psilocybin. Not in my not in my opinion, from what I've experienced, psilocybin is a psychedelic, uh, psychoactive uh, um, substance and it's gonna take you to other dimensions and stuff whereas i don't know maybe just some masters could do that with meditation or real experienced meditators i haven't had that have you said that it's made your meditation easier after these doses Um, 
Have you well, tried that? I'll tell you this. So now I have, I can feel like energy coming up my legs, energy. I get now when the guides are around, I get a lot of touches on my head. My crown chakra is activated. So when I sit down uh, to meditate, I'm intend, I have my intention of connecting and I can feel stuff that the things come, you know, um, or, or when I'm going to do a reading or a healing, I can start feeling the tingling, the touches, and I know they're there. So it's more the intention when I'm sitting down to meditate, that intention. But I've been doing the hemi-sync. I've, start, I've started to work on my mediumship now. Okay. Now I am able to do some mediumship. I mean, I'm not like James Von Prague yet, but, but I am getting some um, people coming through, which is right. thrilling. I love that. Interesting. Um are there any risks or side effects that somebody should think about when it comes to uh, magic mushrooms? You know, I probably, I'm not the best person to ask. I haven't noticed any adverse side effects. And I, I think what, what I've read yep. is no, because they use it in to help people heal from addictions and all of that. Um, could they have some psychotic break or something? You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say yes or no. I don't know. And and don't mix it. I mean, like if somebody thinks, oh, I'm going to have a drink with this or smoke some pot. I, I mean, I wouldn't play with that or mix things with it or any of that stuff. So I just, very pure, very intentional, very sacred. Um, and, you know, the sage, the whole thing. I mean, it's just so you clear the room and you're intentional about it and stuff. So for me, I'm not afraid. I know my husband gets real worried. Well, you could get, you know, a psychotic break. You could get this, that brain damage. And, and I'm like, I haven't heard that or read that experienced that know anybody who's had that, that I'm not afraid of that worried about it. Um, for me, it's something that I really has, has uh, really changed my life. So, if anybody who gets freaked out, even my mom, she heard I was going to do it. Oh my god, you know. And I'm like, look, I, I, I feel in my gut what I need. You know, we all have our own guidance system and yeah. what we, we can do for our, ourselves. And uh, I trust that more than someone else's fears of they don't even know what it is yeah. or, or you know, have never done it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, anyone who's listening or watching should know that we're not making any recommendations over here. I'm just asking questions based on my own personal curiosity. And because yeah. I had conversations with Marla before this, I was really curious and fascinated to learn about her experiences. And she's just sharing her story about what she went through. Yep. I'm not telling anybody to do it. <laughs> <laughs> just okay. like with Maxi, I don't take them, but I don't tell anybody else not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the importance of um, setting, right? Like even in the men's group, uh, the circle that I'm attending right now, before our session, we take some time to, you know, clear out the table, clear out any objects that might be in front of us that might be, you know, distracting us or not allowing us to focus and then switching on the essential oils or whatever it is that allows you to be in the present moment, right? So all of that, those rituals and those routines are important before getting into any ceremony like we're talking about right now. It's not about just making a concoction or just eat, yeah. munching them, right? It's, there's a step-by-step right. -step process that in large part has been passed down from time immemorial so that people yes, can partake. Yes, doing this for thousands of years. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. It's not like just getting some uh, chocolate chip cookies 
with pot in them or so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to call it pot in the 70s. I don't know if what they call marijuana now, but pot. Yeah, I you think know, we used to call it pot. <laughs> yeah, one of my um, best experiences was when I was in uh, undergrad um, and uh, it was just a friend, couple of friends of ours and we had gone to the clearing, sort of not proper forest, but, a, you know, clearing on the outskirts right. of that particular university town that I was living in. And I still remember that uh, smoking allowed me to really open my mind and allowed me to connect with uh, nature around me and the yeah. greens were more intense and the uh, average jokes were more funnier <laughs> and uh, everyone was hungry you know everyone's hungry yeah <laughs> <laughs> it reminds you that you know you sometimes we overcomplicate life at the end of it all yeah. we need is some good food we need some good uh, conversations and yeah. we just need some practices that will allow us to feel better that's it Right. Everybody's just looking to feel better. We're looking to know that we're, you know, everything's going to be okay, really. I mean, everybody's got scary things going on in their life and yeah. there are people who are dying or leaving or breakups or, you know, job insecurities. And, and it, this, this kind of, for me, it kind of gives you to know that this is, these are the third dimensional stuff that people are going through. Yeah. If you kind of take yourself out and imagine yourself out in the cosmos, like you're one of those Pleiades and you're looking down at the earth and you see all these people, worries, thought forms, this, that, all this chaos. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's just, just going, just going, but it's not who we really are. Mm. And so it kind right. of um, gives us that space to feel, okay, this is just, don't take everything so seriously. Everything will pass. Everything's just a, and a conscious, the collective, how, how things happen, wars or maybe a virus or something, the conscious collective of fear of, of, of uh, things, then that it'll come up. So we want to get out of that uh, third dimensional reality and, and stand in the light and hold that light for the other people, for the other humans. Yeah, I totally agree. And sometimes when somebody says we are spiritual beings, we're not physical, we are beyond physical, we are energetic beings. Um, when you're speaking about it, it's, it's hard to comprehend. But I guess mm -hmm. when you immerse yourself in something like a magic mushroom ceremony or even do a breathwork ceremony, an awakening ceremony that I do with our group on Zoom Sunday mornings, you're able to tangibly experience what it feels like to see a purple light in your head and then you begin to wonder what is this purple light and this orange light and this yellow light wait you start asking those profound questions about life not the questions about you know how am i going to pay my bill which is important but profound questions like what is my purpose if is money it? and time were no concern what would i be doing with my life right now what do I yeah, want we're not more? we're not here just to work and pay bills. I mean, that is and that has been a lot of people's experience. It's just yeah. work, work, work at a job you really don't like to pay the bills and then buy things that you know on credit cards. You got to pay it off, and mm -hmm. you're like running on a hamster wheel. And it also makes me feel I've never been into a lot of stuff. I mean, I like my books, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like my crisps, but I don't. I've never been a person to buy a bunch of uh, stuff. I don't have to have a new car. I drive a you know 15 year old car, but but still. When you have those experiences, you want to get even more simple. It's like, yeah. I, I, I want to get rid of some stuff. I don't want the burden of having this stuff. I don't want any bills. I don't, I want to be just, you know, secure and, but free 
and not burdened down with this so much stuff. So I keep getting like it's like shedding, shedding, you know. You become a minimalist. A minimalist. A minimalist. Yeah. I try to be yeah. a minimalist. But you should see my space here. We've got so much ma- magical. 35 decks of tarot and oracle cards. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is like, and you, it's in the Magic Seeker. I get I get a new deck brought by Amazon. I thought you weren't getting any more decks. You yeah. said the last one was the last one. I was like, but this one's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm also like I get a lot of Amazon stuff, and I think they should do something about the boxes because the boxes lead to a lot of clutter. Right. Maybe some innovation is required of of Amazon. Is how do we yeah. get rid of these boxes? Because <laughs> these brown boxes, the more you get them, the more they collect in your home, and then you gotta dispose them off. Oh yeah, you know? put them in the blue bin in the recycle bin. Third <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so yesterday, Marla, I came across this quote, and I think it was by Robin Sharma. And I, he said something along the lines of self-care is the path to self-love. And so my question mm-hmm. to you is, what is mm-hmm. your way of self-care? What is it you do for yourself that allows you to connect with yourself on a more deeper level? Yes, that's so important. That's what my coaching is all about. I do boundary coaching. And part of it is... is uh, uh, self-care, learning that that uh, setting you set we set boundaries with ourselves, not with the other person. So everything is looking at ourselves and how are we make putting ourselves first in our life, knowing that we're not a victim. And so um, I've always been into going to the gym and making my green juices and eating well. And you know, if I need to go to the chiropractor or get a massage, I've always. Uh, I've, I've, I never had trouble with any of that because I know that my physical body is my jewel. It's what I need to get around. It's what I mm. need to, I, I'm a person that has so many interests. I like travel. I like doing things that I need this body to be in top shape. I'll do a lot of energy work, keep my frequency high, uh, energetic stuff, working with my crystals, writing, um, doing my fun just just doing the things you love doing a podcast that's for me self-care is doing things just looking every day and saying what would make me happy today uh what is the thing that and then my pet my dog macy oh my god just hugging her that's self-care anything taking a bubble bath just treat a lot of people treat their car better than they treat themselves or they treat their pet better than they treat themselves they'll feed themselves junk they won't exercise they won't do the things that they want to do and uh, that needs to be switched around because you are here for a pur- purpose. You are the spark of the divine. So treat yourself like that. Mm. This episode is brought to you by me, AJ, because I'm offering you a free Breathwork Foundations course. If you've been interested in exploring breathwork and learning about the why behind breathwork, including the science and evidence that makes this ancient practice so amazing, then you got to check out this course. You will discover how to correct your breathing, how to boost your immunity and protect yourself from pathogens and bacteria, what the ancients told us about breath, how to lose weight using breathwork, how to improve sleep, digestion and mental clarity using a simple breathing technique. So come enroll in this free course and learn the basics of breathwork by going to my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. That's my seven is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. (laughs) 
Have you done an oil bath? An oil bath? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to try an oil bath because uh, oiling or abhyanga is an Ayurvedic self-care ritual or a routine, which is so nourishing. It's amazing. And I used to do it a lot as a kid, but then I forgot about it. But more recently, I'm doing it more often. And you got to, it's very simple. You've got to choose your oil, whether it's, you know, like olive oil, coconut oil, castor mm-hmm. oil. And you literally put it all over your body and you, and you rub it. Okay. And so, oh. you know, firstly, the act of rubbing is the most intimate somatic self-care routine. You're, you're, you're right. rubbing your own self. But also the oil has a way of nourishing your skin mm-hmm. and healing your microbes that are on the skin. And then you have a warm bath or warm shower after that. You're going to feel amazing after that. Ooh, so I better do that. And then if you have a partner, they could do it your back and, you know. Exactly. Because you want your body, not no, exactly. the oil, right? Yeah, oh, for wonderful. sure. Then there's something called oil pulling, which you you swish around yeah. oil in your mouth. And that's supposed to detox if you... That might be Ayurvedic, I think. Too. That's also Ayurvedic. I don't, I don't do that uh, oil pulling. I want to do I that. I haven't tried that. Yeah, I like the Ayurvedic. I, I'm a Vata, pretty much. Okay. You know, uh, real fast and <laughs> fast and furious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Cool. Yeah, so, good. yeah, it's 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 good to know. But uh, yeah. thanks for sharing everything that you have so far, Action Tribe. I hope you've enjoyed today's interview as much as I thanks, did. Everybody. There's a big revolution that's happening right now, a revolution to understand what consciousness really is. The traditional approach to science has been breaking things down, like I've said before. And that approach is not really working because it seems like we've reached a dead end. We've made so much progress in understanding brain activity and how it contributes to human behavior. But so far, although we've understood brain activity, we've not understood how these brain signals you know translate into feelings and emotions and experiences how does the passing of that electrical signal in our neurons result in experiences of pain or experiences of you know disappointment regret rejection how, how does that work and you can't really enter a person's mind right you can't enter a person's mind and record what the consciousness is processing Or maybe as Vedanta suggests, that consciousness is the most fundamental aspect of reality. What we can do though, is have more experiences of altered states of consciousness, whether that is through breath work, or whether that is trying out plant medicines and exploring the uncharted realms of the human mind. And what you'll find there might just surprise you. Because the philosopher and writer Terence McKenna once put, We have been to the moon, we have chartered the depths of the ocean and the heart of the atom, but we have a fear of looking inward to ourselves because we sense that is where all the contradictions flow together. So that I felt was a really amazing quote by Terence McKenna. And with that, we are at the last round for today, the wisdom round. So Marla, what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you? Uh, oh my gosh, uh, best piece of, oh, well, I would say, um, I love Bashar, who's channeled through Daryl Anka, you know, I like the channelers, and he says, um, live your highest excitement every day, and it wasn't given to me personally, but it's given to, you know, everybody, when you see them channel, and, and, and I just, live your highest excitement every day, look at what makes you excited, uh, and do that, you know, just keep doing that, do that, what makes you happy, what makes you excited, and I love that, um advice 
If you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who's living or dead, who would it be? Oh, well, you know, my, my dad, of course, and my brother. But, but yeah, I miss my grandparents, you know, the, fa- the family members that went too soon. I would love to do that. But I have spent time with my dad in the astral, and that you can read about. And the Buddha made me do it. I met him on the astral plane, and I got to see him. So that was pretty cool. What is that one thing you do in the morning or in the evening that has improved your life? Mm. Well, uh, I do. I did start journaling again, and I do that in the morning. I'll take. I live in Los Angeles, so it's like beautiful weather a lot, and I'll go outside in the morning with my coffee and my breakfast, and sit under the bougainvillea and hear the birds, and I'll I'll, I'll journal. And and uh, it's it's fun to look back six months late uh, later, whatever. Look back and see where where I was, what I've been up to and feeling and and especially if you're doing this deep dive spiritually journaling is something that is really beneficial wonderful by the way we still have listeners watching our live stream which is awesome and a testament to the power of our action tribe we're at one hour and 24 minutes right now but you're (laughs) still watching so message me and i'll give you a free ticket to our next breathwork introduction session just message me i'll send you a free promo code to attend our next workshop now uh, marla what is it one book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners today well besides the magic seeker um there's a book if you there was a book that changed my life and it's not a spiritual book but uh when i was had left my job working for somebody else in 2009 i was working at a matchmaking company and i ended up leaving the job didn't know what i was going to do there's a book called uh, no more Mondays, and now it, it's by Dan Miller. But now they changed it to No More Dreaded Mondays. I used to take that to bed with me like a Bible, and it helps people become an entrepreneur, eaglepreneur, solopreneur, taking what you know already. And it really changed my whole life uh, as far as being a businesswoman and stepping into what I wanted to to do on my own without having a boss to pull my strings. Because one of the best things in my life uh, has become has been becoming my own boss, which I did in 2010. So that book really changed my life. So there you go, Action Tribe. Would you like to listen to this book for free? Because Audible.com is offering all of our listeners, all of Action Tribe, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their amazing service. And they've got amazing books. They've got a huge library. And in most cases, the book is read out to you by the authors themselves. So it's like a podcast, but it's a book as well. Uh, and you can get No More Mondays. I'm sure the book is available on Audible. But you have to go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. If you try the book, we do get a small commission. But that's your way of supporting us for free. There's no extra cost for you. And you can cancel if you want before one month ends. And keep the book. So, Marla, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how can we find you online and also purchase your book? Oh, they said, Michael, or Mikhail said, such an interesting topic. Thanks for all the info. Oh, you're welcome. I am so grateful for you, AJ. I'm so happy that after I listened to your podcast so many years ago, now we became friends and I'm on your podcast and I'm so grateful for the time we spend together and to have a friend that's so open to all these amazing um, ideas and topics and expansion. And I'm just grateful for, for the ability to do this and be here at this amazing time in history and just everything. Stay 
staying in the grateful. This is my tip, you guys, before we sign off is staying in gratitude is the key to everything. Just no matter what we're going through, we can find something to stay in the gratitude. And how do we find you online? Oh, Mar- <laughs> yes, Mar- MarlaMartinson.com. It's M-A-R-L-A-M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N, MarlaMartinson.com. Everything's there. And then if you want to find me on Instagram, it's uh, at the Mystical Matchmaker. Wonderful. We'll have all these links up in the show notes. Action Tribe, we spoke about mushrooms today. But if you are not ready to try out mushrooms yet, come have a mystical experience using breathwork. I'm doing our breathwork introduction workshop very soon. I do it every two weeks. But go to my7chakras.com forward slash breathwork intro. My7chakras.com forward slash breathwork intro. And it's just 50 cents. You can, you know, come join us and we will partake in this wonderful experience. Connect with us on Instagram. Uh, A lot of you send me messages, which I absolutely love. Uh, So if you like this episode, take a screenshot and then tag both me and Marla on Instagram uh, through an Insta story. I am at at My7chakras. And Marla, what is your Instagram handle? At the Mystical Matchmaker. At the Mystical Matchmaker. The Mystical Matchmaker. Mm -hmm. Cool. So search for that at my seven chakras as well. Tag us. Uh, And I've got a new website for all of you amazing people. Go to my7chakras.com. Bottom right, click on that. Leave a voicemail. Leave a voice message. And tell us how you enjoyed this episode. I will feature your voice note uh, on our next episode. So bottom right, blue microphone icon. Click that and leave a voice note. But Marla, thank you so much for coming on our show this is your second time the first time i think was four it years is. back the, yeah first time was for the buddha made me do it so that was 2016 probably or something so yeah it's exactly. my second time and then you've been on my on my uh, youtube channel so that's yes fun. absolutely yeah. and so but thanks a lot and uh for being so vulnerable and sharing your yeah. journey of um mystical magical sacred mushrooms and helping us uh, better acquaint with the vast plant medicine world there is and uh, taking us one step closer to a human revolution thanks aj thanks action tribe thank you you everybody thank you for listening to my seven chakras at my seven chakras.com that is my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.